Hello and welcome to another issue, uh, issue edition of Exit of Pursued by Bard, the Canterbury Shakespeare Festival's YouTube podcast series thing. Uh, I'm joined by with Catriona today. Catriona used to do costumes for us back in, well, it was year two and year three, wasn't it? It was... Yeah, yeah. So a while ago. 2017, so... I prefer to think of it in years of festival rather than actual time because it <laughs> makes me feel less old. Yeah, not, same. Not that we are that old, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, and you've done quite a lot of exciting things since kind of leaving university and leaving the festival. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I, <laughs> um, I did the third season um, and then went and studied. Uh, costume making at RADA in London for a couple of years. That was uh, al almost as intense as costuming like full shows for CSF, but you know, not 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 quite. You know, it was on a on a level. <laughs> we'll put that on the post. Let slightly more intense than RADA. We'll put that. No, it was yeah. It was an interesting couple of years, um, and then started working and I ended up costuming for ladies principals on Bridgerton. Which is incredibly impressive. If any of you have seen Bridgerton or have seen the photos that Katrina puts up on Instagram, they're simply amazing dresses. They're so well detailed. The research that you must have to do. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. I just, I'm, I'm given the fabric, told to make it. And I mean, the level of finish that has to go into these things is crazy. I look at what I did for CSF and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know, I think we still have everything that you made in the storage department. It's still surviving. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> there's a big, there's a big, well, it was a wicker crate, but I think the wicker crate got destroyed for a show, but there was a big <laughs> wicker crate full of Roman stuff, which I now, I think it's now in various cardboard boxes. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it as well, which I think is what's lovely. So yeah, for t for television, it must the finish must be because you can see up close and personal. You can see everything as opposed to theatre, where you see everything from a distance. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole sort of new level of detail that you have to consider, and I, yeah, I learned a lot of new skills whilst working on Bridgerton. Um, things like cut work which is like if you you know all the the lace and beadwork that they have sometimes you have to cut around specific motifs and then join them together by hand so that you create a more dense pattern somewhere or you need more fabric connected and I'm kind of there like I, I'm doing this I'm doing this and then you see it on screen like no one knows the effort that went into that <laughs> <laughs> but even so though I think that one of the things that I think everyone's been really impressed with with Bridgerton is has been the costumes because they are so huge and expansive and beautiful like I haven't seen the show yet because it doesn't really seem like my sort of thing but having seen a lot of the publicity images yeah. it, uh, they look they all look wonderful yeah no it's it's wonderful to sort of see and like that to be my first job as well mm. it's, it's quite I still can't quite believe it. I kind of expect to wake up tomorrow and go, okay, so that was all a dream. I'm still applying for things. I haven't done anything. We'll pretend COVID didn't happen. That's not a real thing. I'll go yeah. back a few years. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all kind of hoping that. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So have you got anything else in the pipeline that you can talk about? Because I know Netflix is super, super cagey. Yeah, like I've, I'm, I am working, but I can't say anything about what it is and, and that sort of thing. But um, I'm sort of doing the odd bits and pieces. Like I'm doing the odd bit for like friends. I've started leather, leather craft work and um, learning some skills like tatting, which is a kind of lace making with shuttles. So just doing bits and pieces like that, keeping the skills up. Yes, yeah, so a hugely practical uh, career and, and, and skill set that must be, I don't know how on earth you remember it all. I honestly, there's times when I walk in and I'm like, I should remember how to do this and I don't. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> there's so much to remember. Mm, yeah. So let's go back to CSF. So you, you helped the festival out in it was 2017, you said. What yeah. were the shows that you, that you were doing costume for? So 2017, it was Julius Caesar, directed by your lovely self. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember it quite fondly. <laughs> yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. it oh, was... those, those costumes are, were the best I think I've ever had. Apologies to any, anyone, any other <laughs> costume people I've worked with, which I don't think has been any. But yeah, they are, they are incredibly impressive. And we're meaning to dig them out again to do another Roman and just hope no one's put, in any, put on any weight. No, I think that was the first, was it the first show? I think it was the first show that I made literally everything for. Um, the year before, when I helped out on As You Like It, we did Merchant Venice. Didn't we? That, yeah. that was a lot of fun. Um, Twelfth Night, that was, that was so much fun. Just the, the hype about that wedding dress. Just, it was so exciting. That. We still have that wedding dress. Yes. <laughs> um, and about three others, because people keep buying wedding dresses and then being like, we didn't think you'd have one. And I've got, I'm going, no, we've got six. We've got six wedding dresses in storage now. No one's allowed to buy another wedding dress. If they don't fit, tough. You know, just add in a back panel. It's fine. You yeah. Know? You can't walk with the back to the audience. You don't want that anyway. It's fine. Just don't pick <laughs> it up. This. Or if it's too big, we'll just use a load of safety pins. Yeah, it's fine. There's ways around it. Yeah. There's ways around it always. So, uh, as you like, it was kind of modern melange, wasn't it? It was a bit yeah, of everything. Yeah. So on that production, I sort of was, I sort of went in to advise with things and sort of suggest things. And then I acted as a dresser behind stage. Um, so that was, that was the first show I actually worked on in that season and it was a nice little this is how things run could see how things came about and then I was also making the costumes for Macbeth at the same time oh of course alterations for Twelfth Night I think Merchant of Venice was pretty much sorted I, at that point yeah I, if I remember rightly didn't we do we went to a big warehouse in the middle of nowhere and you found the overwhelming majority of the stuff. And I don't think we had actors at this point. So I was like, we're going to have to cast to fit the costume is what's going to have to happen. It was pretty much like, that would work. That would work. Well, great. Take all of that and we'll just make it work according. Mm. I remember there's the, we've still got it somewhere. It's the really, really slim black dress with the red panelling that I think, I think Camilla ended up wearing. And it was quite, even on her, it was quite tight. It, I think that one, um, it and looked it very big 
Yeah, and we had to change the silhouette to make it look more appropriate for the era we were going for. It was, mm. it was quite, quite a bit of fun because each of those productions was a different era and a different feel. Mm. Um, so it was sometimes like switching hats around a bit, and no, it was it was interesting. Because Twelfth Night was was period, wasn't it? If I remember yeah. rightly, and yeah. then the Merchant was sort of twenties Europe. Yeah. As you like, it was whatever. And then Macbeth was kind of black with bits of tartan. Yeah, it was, yeah, it kind of shifted through a few, there was a lot of experimentation with that one, which was quite fun because you don't always get that opportunity when you're designing something or, or making. Um, quite often it's kind of, you're limited by time and budget and materials. Um, so that was, it was an interesting thing to, to be involved with and it was quite timeless i think it was more symbolic than it was trying to define something i remember the witches costumes in that being really quite impressive because each one of them had a very different style yeah that was that was wonderful to do because i remember we we met up one day and we went through how each witch felt they were rep should be represented and i think they all had a different era that they felt their character was and um, elements that they utilised and that kind of thing that was quite fun to incorporate in and sometimes it's quite nice to work with the actors on things like that. Mm. Sometimes it's a bit like no you want 50s I want 1500s <laughs> that's, that's where it's not so much fun but when it's things like this is what my character feels like you can really help bring that out and that's ultimately what to me a costume should be doing it's helping someone become that character that's wonderful to see mm. yeah that is lovely to see and, I, and moving on the next year was julius caesar which was complete you had to make roman togas from scratch yeah, that was fun <laughs> and it looked superb um, i will probably share some other photos of it but they all looked amazing the whole cast because there was it was the biggest cast i've ever worked with and i want to say it was like 17 and they all needed at least two costumes, I think. Yeah, I think, I remember at one point I had a count of about 50 odd costumes and I think it went up to 60. Um, and I kind of stuck with a very basic, like, let's get two rectangles and sew it together at the shoulders and the sides kind of thing. But then there were some, like Julius Caesar, he had his ghost costume, which I loved doing because his toga... I actually hand painted the borders and I had to do that on the original and then on the ghost version. And then the soothsayers, they had mm. some hand painted symbols on them and that kind of thing. It was, it was remember, quite fun. If I remember rightly, the, the Caesar costume, he had a purple kind of shift, but then in the ghost one, it was more, it was a lighter material. Yeah, and it kind of yeah, floated a bit nice, very nice. For his ghost costume, I don't even know where I got the fabric from. It's quite a sheer white, and I had to triple layer it so it wasn't too see-through. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that mannequin that I used, and of course I covered it with blood stains and tore it. And there's still blood stains on that mannequin. I'm like, oh, I remember that play. <laughs> Let's hope the police have never, no, have never have a reason to investigate that that mannequin. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't so far, so that's fine. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. Um, and I think you made a load of breastplates as well for that. 
leather kind of yeah that was that was quite interesting because i've never worked with that kind of material before and also trying to make them so that they'd fit multiple people um because i mean i know a lot of the costumes are used again in other productions um so when i was making things i wanted them to fit but also wanted them to be reusable and all that sort of thing so fit, but not so well no one else could wear them yeah, yeah, yeah. Have some I think the breastplates have been used since in any play that's required guards. Because you can put, they're quite versatile. You can put them over a shirt and you look like you're wearing yeah. not a lot of armour, but enough armour to stop maybe a direct blow. Hints at that, you know, yeah. we get the idea of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Were there any other shows you helped at that year? I mean, I know season was a huge time sink. Yeah, I think the previous year I'd done like four in one go and I was like okay let's put the break on it a little bit and the following year I just did Julius Caesar I think I think I might have been available to like consult and help out with the odd thing um but I was getting ready to go to uni and I think I was graduating that year so there was the old point where I was like I'm I'm not free for a week because I'm graduating and that kind of thing um but yeah, it was nice to actually just focus on one production. Mm. And with the previous shows, I had made some things from scratch, but not a whole show. So it was, I wanted to sort of dedicate my time to it and make sure it wasn't like half-assed and that kind of thing. And it totally wasn't. I still think it's probably the best dressed show I've ever done. In fact, no, I wouldn't even say probably. It is. It is the best dressed show I've ever done. <laughs> I'm um, glad you think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I will say that with confidence. And and if people, look, if you look at the photos in the space, uh, St Augustine's Abbey, it's just, it looks amazing. Yeah, I did they, love that, that area. It was so lovely. I mean, even, I don't think, I don't know that the audience realised, but there were points where I was running back and forth across a field with like five water bottles, trying to fill up water so I could wash the blood out before the interval. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was... It was a really lovely venue, but not hugely practical in terms of backstage. <laughs> it but it was fun. It was fun and it looked gorgeous. Yeah. Um, especially, I, I, I have very fond memories of, sort of night falling and Ghost Caesar coming out from behind pillars. Yes. And you would, you would kind of catch people in the light just about when they didn't really want you to. And it was quite, quite haunting. Yes, definitely. So let's talk about uh, Shakespeare more in kind of general. Um, do you have a favourite play? What is your favourite play? Yeah, I love The Tempest. Um, it's one that I, I like the sort of ethereal side to it and how it seems anything is really possible. Mm. Uh, and that's one that if anyone turned around and said, could you costume any play? It would be The Tempest because you can just go wherever with it you can have historical you can have fantastical um yeah and i i saw the rsc's production and that was when they were starting to include more videography and that kind of thing was that the one they had a completely digital aerial yeah yeah it was so amazing this and i think that's something that i always like about shakespeare is that it's not fixed in time mm. it can be adapted whether it's with the staging or the costumes but it's also brought forward and 
there's always something fresh and new you can do with it. Like in that instance, it was the videography and all the digital work. Yeah, that's that's a fun one for me. Good. I, I, I like The Tempest as well. I think it's a, because I think it was his last play and it's so kind of a coda to everything he's ever written because he kind of deals with a lot of heavy themes that he doesn't really deal with in some other plays. Um, do you have a favourite quote from The Tempest? I'm not very good with quotes. No, that's fair. The reason I'm backstage, I don't remember lines. <laughs> that's a reason why I'm normally backstage as well. I don't remember the lines. I mean, you say backstage, I remember costuming you at least two or three <laughs> times. <laughs> Every year, it's like, I'm not going to be on stage this year. It's like, I'm just going to take your measurements now. <laughs> yeah, I got out of, I think, Julius Caesar, just about. Because I think but there was one night... Into another one. Yes, I went into Othello, uh, yeah, <laughs> about two weeks before. And, uh, no, I don't think anyone knew this at the time, but I had my. There was a scene where I was shouting from a window, and I had my script on the on the windowsill because I didn't know the lines. And I thought, Do you know what, I can get away with it in this scene because no one will notice. <laughs> and then I think on one of the nights I called Othello a witch instead of a user of the dark arts because I couldn't remember the phrase, so I called him a witch. And I was about this close to the guy playing Othello, and he kind of looked at me like, I just, that's why I don't tend to be on stage. It's fun. <laughs> it is fun. It's a lot of fun. I think the, the festival has a lot of different facets that you can go down. Definitely. And I think costume is, it's one of those ones that the audience don't necessarily think about a lot of the time unless they're really like the costumes are amazing people will notice but a lot of the they're time really bad. <laughs> really yeah. <laughs> yeah if they're completely wacky and off the wall i think especially with period costume uh, and it's kind of sad that audiences kind of they see you're in period and they kind of glaze over it if that makes sense yeah yeah it's it's interesting because you have those who sort of just go okay it's period and they're not that fast and then you go to the other extreme where there's like well that's not historically accurate and that's the wrong color and they didn't have that and that's not how you put that and there's no there's not always that kind of in between where they're like this is really nice and pretty because mm. that's one thing i remember about 12th night is all their costumes look really pretty i remember john as duke orsino and his little purple cape or half I love that costume so much. It's, that was it's one of my favourites. And then, oh, was it, is it, Viola had a really lovely long kind of light blue dress. Yes, yeah. Yep. Everyone looked, I think, fantastic in that show. Yeah, it was good fun. And I know there was a few people, um, we showed the costumes off and some people going, is that mine? I want that to be mine. <laughs> and then I think it was the following autumn there was a, um, a workshop and they said could you bring along some of the costumes I was like yeah sure bring them along everyone dove for the ones that they'd seen the year before like i want that one i would try that one <laughs> it was really good fun i loved it <laughs> i think yeah definitely the first i remember the first rehearsal of julius caesar where you had the costumes and we were in um one of the rooms in Elliot college i think yeah and everyone was fighting for <laughs> like to get it on first to be the first one to twirl around in them 
and when you've got 17 people in in togas you you are, it's very easy to see the ideas kind of fall together yeah definitely no, it's it's interesting that like i think when you have a good group of actors around and a good director as well you can see a play come together mm. and you can see the elements developing but sometimes when you just put that new layer with costume and then again when you put set or props in as well it just elevates it and so when you get to the actual even the tech you're like wow okay this is a real thing this is really coming together now well i also and i think again go back to julius caesar the fact that they had the sashes over their arms they hadn't all really thought about that Yes. I mean, I certainly hadn't thought about it beforehand. <laughs> Bad preparation on my part, but it kind of it changed a lot of their their um, how they were acting. I remember kind of Kieran as Brutus; he was quite stiff and holding that arm quite still. But um, Charlotte as Cassius was much more loose and flowy with it, and it was a really interesting kind of it ch yeah. It changed the way they stood quite rapidly in. in forced yeah. to think about their characters just that little bit more yeah and i think that's something i i learned then and i definitely since then that there are sometimes when it's quite useful to have not necessarily the actual costume in but a, a sort of facsimile something if it breaks or anything have that in because i i know when we've done uh period productions at, at uni where people had long skirts on or corsets on and it completely changed the way they walked or moved or what they could do. And sometimes it was a case of, well, we have to change the costume to yield to what we want for the show, or we're going to have to change the movement according to what we want from the costume. I mean, often costume has to yield, sadly, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's something I hadn't fully appreciated. And it's amazing how much it can just, like we said before, like make that character come to life but it can also alter the, the mannerisms and way that people move and, and act. It's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I can't imagine how restricting corsets must be on an actor. <laughs> I remember the first show that I did was um, a Musical Theatre Society's uh, version of Parade, and that's set early 1900s. And I think it was after it had be all been on and everything. And I said to someone, you should be so grateful. I didn't have the budget to put you all in corsets. And they looked at me like, if I had to sing and do all those dance moves in corsets, no. <laughs> yeah, that would have, the, they would have needed a breath control lesson or seven, I think. Yeah, just, you know, oxygen tanks at the end. <laughs> the final bows, somebody drops. <laughs> yeah, and some of those quick changes. Trying to do a quick change corset is not fun. <laughs> I don't, do those, do you, I mean, I suppose Velcro, is Velcro big in corsets? No, you have to lace and unlace. You know, when you're pulling people in, you don't really want Velcro, yeah, no. it's just going to pull apart. <laughs> There's a few different ways you can do it, but depends on what you need. Uh, so finally, I'm going to ask you a fun question. Have you uh, encountered any ri completely ridiculous costume mishaps? that you're allowed to talk about yeah i'm trying to think now i'm like i'm sure that i've had ones where i've gone i can't believe this is happening <laughs> um 
I mean, there's definitely been ones where like someone's, oh no, I've got the perfect one. It was when uh, I was doing Twelfth Night and we were um, in the sort of gardens behind uh, Canterbury Tales and we'd sorted out all the costumes, the show had started and we still couldn't find um, the belt that Viola was meant to wear um, when she was uh, playing her, the man. And um, I think it was the scene before she was meant to go on and it was quite crucial that she had one. And I was like, right, that's it. I'm running to Primark. And I sprinted to Primark up the escalator, <laughs> bought a belt, ran back, snipped the label off and put it on her. And she went on stage. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> At least you thought of it then. If you thought of it 10 seconds later, who knows what could have happened. Oh, it was, that was the most surreal thing. I mean, I've had things where people are like, oh, my hand's dropped or I've got a split in the side and you just safety pin or stitch them into it. But that was the first time I had to actually like sprint to get something new. And I, I mean, I'm not a runner. That was something. <laughs> <laughs> At least Primark's not too far away. From no, and it's not too expensive. <laughs> yes. I remember in, I think it was the dress run of Caesar. Mm-hmm. After Caesar died, I had to make a note that he didn't die face onto the audience because otherwise the front row would get to see right up his toga. So I was like, Fergus, please die slightly on an angle. I know it's, I know it's not really what you're thinking about at this point, but you know. Just, just modest, modest yeah. say, please do. <laughs> And I also seem to remember when Brutus picked up Cassius, his toga went with him at one point and he even got a bit of a show. But I suppose that's what happens when you put men in effectively skirts who aren't used to being in skirts. Yes, essentially. You know, maybe that's one where I should have left the costumes a bit sooner so they got used to it. <laughs> it was all part of the fun. It was all part of the fun. Yeah, it was. It was good. Yeah, it was. Well, wonderful. Thank you, Catriona. Um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for, for agreeing to do this. And uh, thank you to those of you watching at home. Uh, we'll see you next time. Exit Pursued by a Bard is a Canterbury Shakespeare Festival podcast. You can find out more about the festival at www.canterburyshakespeare.co.uk. Stay up to date with what we're doing by liking us on Facebook or following us on Instagram at Canterbury Shakespeare. If you like what you see and want to support us in bringing great outdoor theatre to Kent, you can donate to the festival through our GoFundMe page. More information can be found on our website. Thou tottering, tickle-brained vassal! <laughs>